Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed. Blender HD, your buddy, right? And this is the show where we go over a little bit about uh, yesterday's slate. What a slate! What a slate yesterday. We may talk a little bit about today. Today it's kind of, I don't know. We got four games early, four games late. That uh, the double header isn't on any site, so it's it's an eh, it's an eh type of day. We got at least we got baseball all day, right? Right, got a little four gamer here, a little four gamer there. Play some, play some DFS baseball. We're fine. We're fine. I see the people in the chat room. You do what you do, right? Suki Singh, David Kalnis, Dave, Daniel Hutchins, Matt Schmier, Dan Tucker. I see, I see you guys in there. Uh, you, you, you haven't, you haven't been hitting the thumbs up button. You haven't. I, I, I'm still stuck with the water. I'm still stuck with the water. No apple juice. Right. Actually, I do have apple juice. I forgot to put in the refrigerator last night. Right. We got a, got a delivery, got a delivery, got a, got, got, got a bunch of apple juice, got to put in the refrigerator. Right. And I, I like cold apple juice. I don't like, I don't like warm apple juice. So uh, say so you got to hit that thumbs up button a little bit more, right? Hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. If you're new, hit the notification bell to know when we go live. Uh, obviously we don't have a grinders live or anything for the, the early four game slate, but we will for the late for the late one, the 7:20 Eastern slate, but it's four games. I mean, how how much can we talk about a four game slate, right? Uh, Tony A says the the doubleheaders on DK. No, it's not on DK. If you look, you they're, they're in the player pool, but they don't, they're not going to count. So if you're playing the late slate, don't play anyone from the Detroit uh, uh, Chicago game. They're in the player pool because they came out with the slate like before that game was postponed yesterday. So they're stuck in the player pool. But if you take a look there, they have all red icons and there's a notice there. So don't play them unless they change it. But I'm, I'm assuming they don't. Right. So don't play it. Yes. Yeah. Yesterday was yesterday was controversy, controversy for no apparent reason. Right. Yesterday we had uh, the, the big the big thing yesterday was uh, the, the game being postponed. Right. Uh, the White Sox Tigers game and the. Pretty much the only heavily owned piece in that game was Carlos Rodon, the starting pitcher for the White Sox. Uh, he was he was my highest owned player. He was my highest exposed player. He was in he was in my cash games and everywhere. Uh, and according to Roth, they, they probably could have played with some right light rain. But if if you followed him, if you followed him on Twitter, if you followed Kevin Roth on Twitter, he he was showing the red flags like a half an hour before that because they still had the tarp on the field and no one was warming up and it wasn't raining at the time, right? It was actually not raining and the tarp is still on the field. And then it's like 15 minutes to go before the scheduled start time and there's still no, no one warming up, right? But Roth was saying, it's like, based on this, it's like, like they should be able to play through some light rain or whatever, but the, the, like don't delay it or anything. Delaying it will hurt it even more. Uh, and then even on the broadcast, I turned over to the, to the White Sox broadcast, and they were acting as if they were going to play, right? So, like, my attitude was, they're, they're going to play, okay, keep Rodon. I didn't have any White Sox stacks. I didn't have any Tigers stacks. I had some Casey Mize from the Tigers also, but very little. Uh, and then at, like, like 8, 8.03 or something, they, they announced a postponement. Now, no, now, the game start time is 8.10 Eastern. So to me, I have seven minutes to get Rodon and Mize out of my lineups. Now, to do that, I, I would typically use the rebuilder and rebuild a whole bunch of stuff because, you know, going from Rodon, I'm going to save some salary. I'm going to move some stuff around. 
But I also, I have all these lineups that are, I already have stacks in. I already have, like, other than maybe the Padres late, I didn't have many lineups. Padres and Giants late. I didn't have many. I mean, most of my stuff was already working. Like, like how much how much tinkering can I do? So, And I only get seven minutes. So I, I obviously go to FanDuel. I have a cash lineup there. Take out, take out Rodon. Put in Alex Wood. Okay, that was good. Go to go to uh, Yahoo, and I have to switch. Now I have to play Marquez and Wood together on that side because I didn't play Glass now. So now I got to switch that out. Then I move, and I don't play. I don't play Tucker. I play Tatis. I move that around. Okay, but then on DraftKings, like, what do I do? Right, I have like sixty-two percent Rodon and uh, ninety-eight hundred. 9,400 was Granky. Now, according to the bat, Alex Wood actually had a slightly higher projection than Granky, and he was 8,300, right? So I'm like, what do I do? But I have a, but Alex Wood is not necessarily, is in lineups with Rodon already, right? Is all, so like, I tried replacing Alex Wood with Rodon, but a lot of the lineups, it's like, well, you can't have the same guy twice. So I pretty much global swap most of my Rodon lineups to Zach Granky. And Greg, you put up like, what, six and a half points or something, right? That didn't work out, but I mean, it's still better than zero. Uh, and then we found out that that uh, like <laughs> they're going to push back the start time, right? They just say, oh, well, it got postponed seven minutes before 810. So we're going to push back the start time to 945 to, to let everyone be able to switch off of them, which they they do. P- people don't realize that that, that p- people were complaining on Twitter. That that that's a normal. That's part of what they normally do. If you take a look at uh, at the the game rules, if they know about a postponement before lock, they are going to do everything they can to push it back. Right? We've seen that this year before. Like people are like, "Oh my god, this has never happened before." It's literally happened this year. There was a slate, I think, two weeks ago, that this there was a six ten slate. It was one of those slates where it was six ten start time. Well, 6-10, like at like 5-30 or whatever, 5-15, the 6-10 game, actually the first game on the slate got postponed. So they pushed back the start time to 6-35, right? And then if you saw that 6-10 game, they changed the time on that game to like 10 o'clock. So it's like, in case you had that game, you could you could now swap out at any time. Just so happened it was the first game on the slate. So it makes it seem like, like, oh, they didn't do much. Well, no, they, they did exactly what they did yesterday. Now, if this game yesterday, if the White Sox-Tigers game yesterday was started in a delay, right? If at 8.03 they announced, we're going to be delayed, right? We announced a delay. And then like an hour later, they postpone it. Well, then you're out of luck because the game locks at 8.10, right? So it's all due to when when the game gets postponed, Right? They've done this before. People are complaining on Twitter like they've never done this. They, they've normally done this. Where a game gets postponed with ample enough time before the game's lock time that they move it. That they move to, they send out a notification, they send out an email, they say, get, get, get your stuff out of the lineups, and they help you out by moving the start time down, right? But you never, but you never know, right? I'm going under the assumption that seven minutes is not enough time, Right? I'm going under the assumption that that I'm not gonna, I'm not going to have that luxury, right? Even though it's in the back of my head, like they could push this back now, but I don't know. Is seven minutes enough, so that's why I rushed through and got cranky. And and I mean, six is better than zero, but not that much better than zero. So that was the big thing yesterday. And then obviously you had the Padres. They 
They scratched, well, Hanniger on the Mariners got scratched before that game, but you had time to get him out of your lineups if you had Seattle stacks, which I didn't. And then San Diego, they changed Camposano. He's not in. This was before that game locked. Camposano scratched and they're putting Caratini in. But Caratini is like 900 more than, than Camposano. So now all my Padres stacks are like, what the hell? Right. So I end up having to switch out to Casali because that catcher, that's the slowest price that I could do. Right. The same thing for Casey Mize. Like I had some Justin Dunn because Casey Mize was 6,400 and there's no other pitcher that was cheaper than him that was still available to select than Justin Dunn. I didn't want to play him against the Astros, but still better than a zero. Uh, And then Will Myers, just the game starts and (laughs) where's Will Myers? Where the hell is Will Myers? Well, he, he, he was scratched just after lock, after the game lock. And of course he comes back in, he, he pinch hits and it's a double or something or a single in an RBI or something like that, right? It almost felt like an NBA slate yesterday. That's what it was. That's what it felt like. I had to do some work. I had to do a lot of work yesterday for MLB slate. Sterling Barnes in chat says, Blender, I took down the hot corner three max. Congratulations. I late swapped to Wood and I had Inoa. Okay, Braves, Yankees, 5-2 with Profar. Your first GPP. Way to go, Sterling Barnes. The hot corner three max. Well, let's take a look. Why not? Since we're here. Hot corner three max. What? What is uh, okay? Let's 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 take a look. Hot corner. Where's the hot corner? Well, this is obviously DraftKings because uh, he's at a five two. Do we have that? Do we have that in? Hot corner three max. Here you go. Three. It's a three dollar three max. Braves Yankees five two. Yeah, here we go. The perp twenty three. 2003, Alex Wood, Enoa. Then we got the Atlanta five man. We got Stanton, 13, Glaber, uh, 12, and Profar with 17. Okay, there you go. The Atlanta was the key. Washington was decent also. And then getting enough points out of your pitchers. Right, so you get 55 points plus. Catcher didn't matter much yesterday. Zunino, I think, was the highest scoring catcher yesterday, but he wasn't all that owned. So I don't think it mattered. So there we go. 600 bucks. You turned what? You play three entries, nine bucks into 600. Way to go. Right. See, yesterday, yesterday, my my thing was I I I mean, I played, I played a lot of glass now, but not like a not. I wasn't over the field. I, I, had, I had less than 55%. I had less than 43% wood. Now, some of these exposures are kind of weird because I had a lot of Rodons and a lot of other people had a lot of Rodon. Like, we take a look at Grenke's ownership. Like, Grenke's ownership, he came in at 22%, 21%. But I'm assuming that, like, Ricky D, 100%. Like, I'm not sure if he started with 100%. I'm not sure if some of these guys started with that much. And I'm assuming the ones that have zero Granky have a lot of like glass now. They were able to spend the money because if you, I mean, where else are you going? You have Rodon or what ends up happening if you had Rodon and he went down in pitcher is you most likely played a Padre stack. You moved your bats around to play more Tatis, play Grissom, who was a bit overpriced in the outfield. 
So the Rodon, that, that situation inflated Granky and Mark, oh, also Marquez, Granky, Marquez, and Wood. All these three pitchers got bumped up in ownership as well as the Padres because to spend the money. Is there anything you could have done that to plan beforehand? No, of course not. But yesterday, my my top stacks yesterday was Baltimore. Eh, sorry. Baltimore, uh, Atlanta. What did I have? Baltimore, Philadelphia, Atlanta, and the Giants. Those were t- and San Diego. Okay, there's, there's San Diego there. So Atlanta, San Diego, Washington, San Francisco, Philadelphia, Baltimore. I had low, I was low on the Yankees, low on the Blue Jays, low on the Astros. I played some Cubs. That didn't work out. But you're like, well, why did I choose those teams, right? People always ask, oh, oh, how do you make your lineups? How do you choose your teams, right? They want to know the secret sauce. I, 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 I don't, I don't hide the secret sauce. I subscribe to Roto Grinders, right? That's what I've been doing since I started. Click on the link in the description. Get $10 off your first month. Subscribe to Roto-Grinders. You know what I do? I look at Slate IQ. I look at the proje- I look at the bat projections. I see what stacks project well. Obviously, the Yankees projected well, right? Obviously, the Blue Jays projected well. The Astros, they projected well. But they do, do they project well enough over their ownership? They didn't. I take a look at Slate, Slate IQ, which is premium. So this is the Slate IQ from yesterday, right? It's a simulation. They simulate the 25 most similar slates to tonight based on slate size and player salary and positional comparisons, right? And then they sim it out. They simulate the slate for a large field GPP. How, what percentage of a time is the four or five hitter stack, right? The projected ownership and leverage for four or five hitter stack based on the results from the 25 most similar slates. Use this chart to visualize team ownership and expected leverage, right? So you're looking for an advantage. You're looking for a positive leverage. Okay. So if we sort by winner, yeah, Yankees 7% of the time. Yeah. Okay. But they're going to be owned 9.9% by the field. Negative leverage. So look at all the teams that I mentioned. San Diego. Positive leverage. 5.8% chance to be the winner. 5.2% owned. Philadelphia. 5% chance to be the winner. 3.3% owned. 49.3% 49.3% leverage, right? A 1.6% difference, right? Baltimore, 4.7% chance to win, 2.7% owned. Washington, a little leverage there, a little, a little positive. Atlanta, 3.3% chance to win, 2.0% chance to ownership, positive leverage. San Francisco, one point, look how low owned they were. They only had a 1.3% chance to win, but they were only going to be owned at 0.7, one of the lowest owned teams on the slate. Positive leverage, right? I want to play more of the teams that have a higher chance of winning than what they will be owned. That's the key That's a key concept of DFS GPP play. Doesn't mean I don't play Yankees or Houston or Toronto. No, of course. I still, I still have some Yankee stacks. I still have some Padre, but not as many. And obviously in those lineups, I have to play a little bit more, much more contrarian. I played a hundred lineups yesterday. You could put, I had Yankees one-offs, right? I still could have Stanton as a one-off in a Giants lineup. 
I could I could still have have uh, have uh, uh, Toronto players. I could still have Kevin uh, uh, Biggio in an Atlanta stack, right? I I could still do that. But I'm have I'm going to have less of what is over owned. So yesterday, based on this, Yankees, Astros, Blue Jays over owned. How much work did I have to do? What work? What work? Did, did, oh, I'm pouring over all the data. Oh, it's done for you. It's already done for you. So between this and looking at the projections, because obviously these numbers are based on the plate IQ projections, not the back projections. So I have to a little mentally adjust. Where you know, let's see what what team yesterday like like the Angels yesterday in the bat projections were actually much lower than the plate IQ projections. So this four point nine percent is probably a little bit lower, right? You base it on the bat for you could do you could do the simulation based on the bat projections, but you know Cardi doesn't doesn't have that methodology uh, and and computer power, I guess, to do it. But that's what you're looking at. Right, simply. And this gets updated, I think, a couple of times, maybe two or three times a day for the main slates. I don't think the early slates they do. So obviously you need the lineups. You need updated ownership projections. You need updates. So like once all the lineups are in for the slate, at least most of them, sometimes you don't get the Dodgers in time. Usually, you know, for, right, it says right here, the last updated day will come no later than 45 minutes before lineup lock. And there you go. That That's... That's when I start building my lineups. So what, what else do I need? Projections. Done. Slight IQ. Build your lineups. It's not complicated. It really, it really isn't that complicated. Right? And then you hope for the best. And then you check to see whether or not your, the ownership projections were good. That your ownership assessment was good. So I remember the other day, the Nationals were much lower owned than what were projected to be owned. Like Trey Turner was 7% when I thought he was going to be 12%. Well, that that changes things. I mean, I had a lot of Trey Turner, but maybe I would have had more had I known he was even lower owned. Those are the types of things that you should be doing. So it's not like I'm just coming up with people in Discord like, oh, how, how do you have so much Atlanta, right? Now, it didn't get there. When I have Granky six in my lineup and everywhere, it's not, it's not going to get there. I'm not going to get to 200. I get to 170, right? Or I have a lot of Baltimore, and Baltimore didn't do anything. How do I select the teams? Well, there you go. I'm, sh- I'm just showing you the chart. It's already The work is already done. Did this involve looking at baseball stats? Did I look at anything? Like, look, I could have looked at this chart and done the same exact thing. Look, sort by leverage, right? Texas, you could have played Texas, San Francisco, Chicago, White Sox, who didn't play, Baltimore, Atlanta, Philadelphia, Tampa Bay, I played a bunch, Tampa Bay, Colorado, I mean, and some of these teams are really low, Colorado, 0.7% chance to win, I mean, you could, they're slightly, I mean, like, yeah, yeah. is it worth it, maybe not, Arizona, right, yeah, 9% positive leverage, but not really, it's low, but look, look at Oakland and Detroit, 0.5% 0.5% chance, like the, the negative leverage, even with that low of a, that low of a winning percentage. But look at the Yankees. The Yankees were the, look at, look at the negative leverage. Yankees, Astros, Blue Jays. They're still high. Look, 5%, 5%, 7%. So the, they could still win. It's just that more of the field has them. 
So you need to build those lineups more contrarian. That's it. That's it. The work's already done for you. I keep on saying that. It's already done. Am I looking at at, at am I am I am I looking at pitch counts and am I looking at uh, at ISO hard hit rate or stack cast data or no nothing 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 whatsoever. So there you go. It's already done. It's already in the projections and everything's all simulated for me. So I just just hope I hope I'm on the right side of variance today. And you just do do this type of process every single day in, in a large sample size. Maybe you. You bink once or twice a season, and that makes and that that makes you year. There you go, right? So when you see when you see all these exposures and everything, like there, all these players are doing the same exact thing, right? But Baranosaurus Flex, he won yesterday, but I mean he has his own projections, right? Scroll Patrol here at Roto Grinders, he he has his own model, right? So it may be slightly different than the plate IQ projections or the bat projections, or you can only make so many strategic decisions in, in, in one slate. I'm going to play a little of that and I'm going to play more of that. And you make a couple of variable changes and you go, okay, I'm going to run with this, right? Some people go the opposite way. Some people are like, well, I don't think the Yankees are owned enough. So I'm going to play a ton of the Yankees. Okay, you could do that also. Look at Ricky D, barely playing any glass, nor wood. You still got lineups towards the top. You got maybe in the top 20 or something. But if you see, he he went much more contrarian. He went much more contrarian everywhere. I mean, if we take a look at, at Ricky D, I mean, he, ba- he barely had any Yankees whatsoever. Look, nothing. Zero, nothing. Torres, 1%. But he also didn't have any Glasnow and Woods. So he was on like, Really, he had a lot. Of, he had 100% Granky. I'm assuming that he had Rodon. I'm assuming. I'm going to assume he had a lot of like Rodon Granky lineups or something. They got him that much, but a lot of Padres. So he did a lot of late swapping. So he he had Padres. He still played a lot of Toronto. So he basically sacrificed the Yankees to get more Blue Jays. But then also played some Astros in in Atlanta, and. St. Louis, Philadelphia. Okay, so he's just playing a bunch of other stuff. Way more contrarian, especially his pitcher combination. That's a direction you could have gone. Less of the field did that. So it's going to be higher variance. Obviously, Ricky D probably lost money yesterday by only having 4% Glasnow and 18% Wood. Probably lost money, even though he had a lineup come up decently high, right? 13th place, 300 bucks when you have him playing 150 lineups. That ain't going to cut it. That ain't going to cut it. But if he, if his, if his direction was right, he could have, he could have won a ton of money yesterday. So it's just going to be higher variance. Not going to be narrow. It's going to be wider range of outcomes. Let's see. Go through the YouTube chat some more. Feel free to post your questions. Remember, this is, it's, it's, it's your time. It's teaching time. I know I, I, I typically repeat myself every other day to some extent. But if you're new here, I don't mind helping. I don't mind helping whatsoever. Uh, let's see. Michael Dompier says, I was high on the Padres, the White Sox, and the Giants. Well, obviously, the White Sox scored nothing. DZENT, got your book. Good, good stuff, man. Thanks, though. Thank you for buying. Theoryofdfs.com. 15-hour audio masterclass. It's not really a book. I'm not really reading. 
So I go into a seminar, 15 hour seminar. Let's see. Uh, yeah, Jeremy Kingsbury with the lock play that it's very programming wise uh, on lineup HQ. Yeah, if you tried to rebuild yesterday after 810 on lineup HQ, there's no fun like this. Well, I think they're. I think the devs are are looking looking into something. If if DraftKings is going to do this often, because it's not like they it's it's it just this type of stuff rarely happens. Like we like the the the, the lock times are part of the actual file that that Roto Grinders gets every day when the new slates get made. So they get directly from DraftKings. So it's part of that file. It says eight ten in the file. Now, when DraftKings moves it to 9:45 in the app in the on their screen, we Roto Grinders doesn't get a new file, so it says 8:10 in in the file regardless. So when you go into the rebuilder, obviously it's going to lock all those players, right? Because it's past it's past 8:10 Eastern, right? So yeah, so if you were trying to real build yesterday on the line of HQ, like you you pretty much couldn't couldn't do it that way unless you did it before 8:10. You did it before eight ten. You should have, but that's that's more of a programming thing because the start times of these games, like they they don't change, and they're part of the they're they're part of a file, right? They're part of a, a whole mess of stuff, and then you start editing that, and who knows what what blows up. I think the developers are talking about it or something. That's not my that's not my field of expertise. That that was the reason yesterday. I think it happened on, on if you if it went to any any optimizer. That that pulls the data directly from from DraftKings, like it's already in the file. You don't you, you don't you don't get you don't get a new you don't get a new one. You don't, you didn't get a new one. The slate was already up. Uh, Michael Dompier asks, uh, "Can you explain the first column total ownership? That's just a, a, a addition of all the ownership in the lineup, right? Right. So you're just adding up." four or five guys from the line, the total ownership. But that doesn't mean that like a hundred, you can't have 122% of people that have that lineup because how many percentage of stacks are there in the contest? 9.9%, right? Because one guy's 20%, one guy's 15%, one guy's 10%. Like you start adding them up, you get total ownership. But it's like Stanton as a one-off is not part of this 9.9% because we're looking at just the stacks. So the total ownership is the, the sum of all the players on the Yankees, the sum of all the players on the Padres, the sum of all the players on the Astros. This is how many four or five man stacks are there in the contest. Because you could obviously play Jose Altuve as a one-off, right? He's part of that total ownership. If you play Altuve, Bregman, Tucker, that's a three-man stack. That's a has a decent ownership for a three-man stack, but it's not included in this eight percent. It's not a four or five-man stack. So the field is the ownership. How many four or five-man stacks are in the contest? So the Yankees seven percent chance to win. There are nine point nine percent of entries having a Yankees four or five man stack. The ownership is just adding them up. So obviously you could have, you could have teams that have high 
ownership, total ownership, but really not as high stack ownership because there's some like chalk one-off guy, right? Sometimes you see that, right? Some 2K guy is just inflating the ownership of the entire team, but the actual the actual stack is is not that owned, right? One guy is 18% owned, and then everyone else on the team is 5% or less. So it's like, it looks like, oh, this is a known stack. It's not really a known stack. It's just that one guy because he's way under, but $2,200 leadoff hitter or something, right? That's decent. They mispriced someone. Let's see, let's see. And Slate IQ, yes. Slate IQ is in the premium, is a part of Roto Grinders Premium. So you can sign up, click the link in the description, get $10 off your first month. And Slate IQ is not available for FanDuel because this is all based on the data that we get from DraftKings for Results DB. Because we're basically, it's saying, what does this slate look like in comparison to all the other slates that have ever been on DraftKings? Right? What is it comparable to? So we have a baseline to simulate from. Now, obviously, we get all that data from DraftKings. You can go back to InResultsDB for years upon years, contest upon contest, slate up. Look how many slates. We get all the slates, all the everything. We don't get that from FanDuel. So you can't run Slate IQ for FanDuel, right? For FanDuel, what you would do for FanDuel is you could use, which is not as good as a simulation like this, but you could use, we also have the smash tool, smash value, whatever tool. Let me, let me go back. Is it up for, no, yeah, we don't have it. We only do it for the main slates. So you get stack leverage team smash percentage. Now, That'll just be like, what's their chances of smash based on like individual player simulations for based on their, their projection. So it's not, it's, it's not running a simulation of the actual contest, but you can do that for FanDuel. So it'll say the Yankees have a 18% chance of smashing and they'll be owned at 22% communal, you know, like the communal of ownership, which conceptually is what you're trying to do. So it's still useful, but it's not exact. It's that that's not the really the, the the scientific way of doing it. It doesn't take into account any of the other stacks ownership or anything. It doesn't take in anything else into account. It's all done in a vacuum. You're still doing it's still the same. Most of the most of the time, I can tell you, most of the time, if you go to the stack leverage team smash percentage uh screen that we have under premium and see who's positive, who's Smash percentage is higher than their ownership cumulatively. That and the leverage that you see in Slate IQ most likely will match up to some extent. That if it's positive in one, it's probably positive in the other. So, so for FanDuel, you could you could use that. It would be better to simulate to do a do a simulation like this, but. You know, we don't have the data from FanDuel. Because they don't have publicly downloadable CSVs. I don't know, it's 2021. They still don't do that. Uh, Steven Zarad, do you still do on one-on-one conversations if you buy the audiobook? Yes. If you buy the audiobook and you write a testimonial, right? Write, write some good words, right? And send it to me, jordan at theoryofdfs.com. You get a half an hour coaching session. 
I send out an email every once in a while. If you bought the, if you bought the book, if you bought the audio course. So yes. So if you, if you buy theoryofdfs.com, if you buy the 15 hour audio masterclass, and then you email me, you know, two or three sentences. I don't use all the testimonials, but I have them in my database, whatever it's, I mean, that's, it's a way to, it's, it's marketing, right? You always like showing off what, what good things people say about you, right? Of course. So if you, if you write it, if you write a testimonial, schedule, you know, go on Skype or something for half an hour, answer whatever the hell you want. I don't, I don't know what else I'm going to answer that I don't do on this show though. I know people, I, I've, I've, I've done those half an hour coaching calls for, for, I've, 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 I think I've done maybe 80 or 90 of them so far. There's nothing that you could ask. I don't know. I'm just like, do you watch this stuff? Yeah. Okay. This, this I'm not holding anything bad. There's no secrets. If you want to go over your individual stuff, like your, your roto tracker, your, you know, you know, what you're trying to do, what you're, you know, any type of very individualized question. Sure. I guess. But it's not like I'm holding anything back. I'm showing you how I, I'm just literally telling you, showing you how I do this, right? I'm showing you how good players think about the game. Not complicated. Okay. So what else are we going to talk about today? Is there a point to go over the early slate? I don't even know what's going on. What's even going on? I don't know, Right. We got we got the Astros. Uh, is there a, people are going to download the podcast later? They're going to download the podcast and we're talk about a slate that they've already that they're in the middle of, right? They're they're already in the middle of. If you didn't know this, this the uh, the show is also a podcast, right? DFS pregame show, Roto Grinders. Go on iTunes. You can search wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to it later. Obviously, you can watch it later on YouTube, right? I mean, it's still here. But it may be you're listening. Maybe, hey, hey, podcast people out there, I hear you. Hey, I'm waving. You can't see me waving. Can you hear me waving? No, you can't hear me waving. I see you there. Why don't you rate and review it? Or show up, show up in the morning and ask a question. Maybe maybe you have a question. You can email it to me. Fine. Maybe maybe people, maybe they, they don't have a chance to show up here live in the morning. So email it to me. Email it to me. Questions at theoryofdfs.com, just in case. Maybe take care of the podcast people. Uh, Alex is asking about showing the rebuilder. The rebuilder is, it's hard to show off without the slate being in progress. That's one of the worst, that's one of the bad things about it. Like the rebuilder to upload my, I'm gonna download, I only have a cash lineup. Right, so I'm going to download my entries. I don't know what slate this is. This is the early slate. It's going to show me one lineup, right? My dummy lineup. I don't even know if I'm doing This is what I put in yesterday. I'm going to change that, you know, after the show, obviously. Now, rebuilding lineups at this point, you're, all, the, all the players are unlocked. So, like, there's no point in using the screen now. Right to relax it just in case you need it. Rebuild. It's going to do the same exact thing. You're just you're just going to. It's the same builder. Like that's the whole point. It's like you would never be using the rebuild late swap tool. Now you'd only be using it after lock because you need you in your CSV file. 
those players that are in those columns in the right cells have to stay there. So that's what the, that's essentially what the tool does is make sure that if Austin Hayes is in the C4 cell for that lineup, he has to stay there and then it has to calculate, well, who can be moved around? So like the build, the, the, there's no point in this. You'd never be using this until after it locks. So how am I supposed to show, how am I supposed to show anything? It does exactly the same thing as the regular builder. So that's the main point. Like it's, it's very hard. It's very hard to show off what to do because there's really, we don't really do shows in, after slates in the middle of slates. Because even after the slate is done, what's the point? Everyone's locked. So you can't do anything anyway. So yes, it, it's, it's, it's quite hard to show that off. I don't think it's as useful in MLB. Most of the time I'm not doing anything. Right? Okay, yesterday, yeah, it's one of those rare days where enough stuff you got to move around and maybe maybe it's useful. But even then, yes, like yesterday, I, I still use global player swap. I didn't have enough time. I didn't know that they were going to push everything back. I got seven minutes. All I know, all I know is that like, I, I need to get, I, I rode on in 62 lineups. And I have tons of brave stack. I have tons of stuff that's already locked. So I'm like, salary at this point doesn't matter. Just whatever. Just make sure I don't get zeros. So I switched a whole bunch to Wood and Grunky and then just move on. Move on with my day. Then I could go through. Maybe after 8-10, then I went through. And I'm like, can I move up some of these players? My Padres and Giants stuff. Like, oh, okay. Well, now I could get Tatis in the shortstop spot because I'm leaving 2,600 on the table now. Okay, okay. Now, now in, on an individual lineup basis. But no, it's very hard to show off the what the, the, the rebuilder when when nothing's locked. There are tutorials, but it, it doesn't do anything anything different than the main builder, other than it locks in your players. Understand though that when when so much stuff is locked in, that dramatically dramatically reduces the amount of mathematical stuff that could be done. Right. Well, I got all these players locked in, but now I want I want stuff that can't be done. I want to jam in a higher price to this. Well, you can't because most of your lineups. Oh, I want to make sure to get a lot of Corey Seager, but you already have a shortstop locked into 80% of your lineups. Why aren't I getting Corey Seager? Well, because you already have a shortstop locked into 80% of your lineups, right? Right? Or it could be, it could be uh, you know, you're playing someone with multiple positional eligibility. And you're like, well, maybe they were locked into the other, you know, you're playing, uh, you know, Tommy Edmond, right? And you're like, you have a lot of Cardinal stacks. And then you're like, oh, I need to get Altuve in now. And you're jamming in Altuve, Altuve and you can't because Edmond is in the second base, even though he's outfield eligible also. Well, he's locked now in the second base spot. So you can't get Altuve in your second base spot in as many lineups as you think you can. Or you have groups set up or stacks up. Now, it cannot stack this team five-man anymore based on the change, right? If you change Camposano like yesterday, I'm assuming if you ran the Rebuilder and removed Camposano, like let's say you had Camposano in 12 of your lineups. But now you want to run Padre stacks five-mans with Caratini. It's probably going to not be able to do as many as you think because Caratini is, is like 900 more than Camposano. And... All the the only players left in those lineups are those five players, are five Padres. 
and you're not playing Grissom. So you have no, like, it, it, Myers is, well, Myers, you never even knew it was going to be out. So you're sitting there going, the only way to make these five-man Padre stacks with the available salary left in this lineup is to not have that decent. But then you have no shortstop, right? Because there's no other eligible shortstop on the Padres, right? So it's like, you can't make Caratini five-mans. You only have five slots left. And it's a catcher, a shortstop, and like all those positions. And you you don't have enough money. So that's why the rebuilder will be like, Bork, I don't know. Can't do it, right? So you have to you have to think of those things and go, well, maybe I maybe now I have to reduce my five-man padres down to four-man padres. That's four padres and one one-off. In order to allow the math, the, the, the lineups to work. So a lot of times with the rebuilder, there's there's some some amount of user common sense type of thinking you have to you have to you have to ponder. So if you're if you're getting errors, if you're not getting enough lineups when you're rebuilding, most of the time it's because of that type of reason. Well, yeah, why can't I just replace all my my twenty out of a hundred Padres lineups, Padres five mans with the, the five man with Caratini in it? Well. I just explained how it could easily not be possible. But if you constantly, if you're if you're saying I need five man Padres, that it's just going to yell back at you and go, "No, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, dude. No lineups. I'm sorry." Then if you switch to four man, oh, now it works. Switch to three man, easy. And then just picks two one offs. At that point, it doesn't. At that point, you'd rather do that than have a zero in your lineup. By having, oh, well, I have a five-man Padre stack with a zero catcher. I mean, I mean, you could do it. But why? That's why switching it to Casale, that's why it was easy. Global swap. I, I had Padre stacks with Camposano in it. And instead of breaking them up, I saw I couldn't break them up. Casale was the same exact price as Camposano. So just give me Casale. Okay, whatever. So now it's a four-man stack with a Giants catcher. Done. That's, but that's always what I mean by the optimizer. You, you tell it what to do. And when it's yelling back at you, it's because it's like, I can't do it. I don't know. You're telling me to try to do it. It mathematically can't happen. Can't be done. Eli posted a link to the rebuild late swap tutorial for FanDuel. This one for both or whatever. It's, a, it's pretty much the same thing. So there you go with the link. You shouldn't have to use it that often for MLB. NBA, you can use it every, you're using it seven times a night. In MLB, you shouldn't have to use it that often. Okay. So be a short show today. Short show today. Because we got an early slate. I got I to gotta build lineups for the early slate. I don't know. Am I going to play GPP? I have no idea. I know I'm, I'll just play some cash lineups, right? FanDuel, DraftKings, something. Got to put together my lineups. Got to look to see what the hell is even going on, right? You don't have to do eight hours of research for, for MLB. Got the projections. I don't got any slate IQ. I don't got any the other stuff, but I could I could make competitive lineups. But yeah, Eli has a link to all the tutorials for these tools in the YouTube chat. And uh, if you want to sign up for Roto-Grinders Premium, $10 off your first month. Click on the link in the description. Uh you could get single sport if you just want to play MLB. So that's cheaper. Or get a combo. Get the pre- combo. 
You get all the sports. There's still golf going on, right? MMA. We do MMA stuff, right? Obviously, basketball is still going on, unfortunately. Get that, right? All the sports. We get projections for everything, right? Tons of content. We have Roto Academy. We have like, like hundreds of, probably hundreds of hours of videos on DFS strategy, using tools, all that type of stuff. So feel free, sign up for a month, binge watch everything, and then cancel if you want. You could do that, right? There's nothing wrong with doing that. Steven Zared, uh, how do I post a testimonial? Just email it to me. Yes, just email it to me. Jordan, J-O-R-D-A-N, at theoryofdfs.com. That's it. Then I send you an email saying, hey, here's some times that are available or whatever. But like I said, I don't know what I could tell you in a half an, in, in, in a half an hour that I don't already say here or on the Theory of DFS podcast or in the course. People, people have asked me that. Okay, so you explain all of this, but what, what do you really do? Dude, this is what I really do. <laughs> it is what I really do. I show my results. I show my road tracker. I show everything. And still 99% of people don't do it. It amazes me. It amazes me. It amazes me. It amazes me that not enough people are hitting the thumbs up button. Hit that thumbs up button on the way out the door. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live later. We'll, we'll have some shows later today on YouTube. But uh, but I'll be back tomorrow for Casual Friday. Casual Friday. We'll be casually talking about probably a decent slate tomorrow, right? We got like, probably got a not going to be a split slate, probably be a 14 game, some, some, something big, something meaty to talk about. Because that's what I do here in the morning. Every Monday through Friday at 11 o'clock Eastern for the DFS pregame show on Roto Grinders. 